0: You see I the coach coach the coach coach K-U-C-I you see I the coach coach the coach coach K-U-C-I. you see I the coach naked camel Hello.
1: Hey, is it still too loud?
0: <laughs> I can hear whatever music's playing pretty loud.
1: It's the worst music ever.
0: It's, it sounds like Vegas.
1: It is Vegas. <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the midst of the worst thing ever.
0: <laughs> we can could, we could still do it, though, because can, I can still hear you over it.
1: I'm trying to... I'm on my iPhone, and I'm cupping it so that it only has my voice.
0: I can still hear the background, but we can I can still hear you.
1: It's like my comedy got <laughs> music to my interview.
0: It works out. It's good. Plus it's pre-recorded, so maybe we can like edit it out, do some magic. <laughs>
1: oh, so is it all re- do you do you actually use the recording? So should I go to a quiet place?
0: Oh, well, it's up to you. It's a pre-recorded interview, so yeah, it'll be like podcasted later, so if you want this music podcasted with you,
1: so then why don't I do this, why don't I go somewhere where I can have a conversation with you and call you back in about 10 minutes, before oh, yeah. I get to my room.
0: That's cool, yeah.
1: That will be way better.
0: Yeah, yeah, take, okay. If you need to stay down there for a little bit, just like, text me. I don't, I was down
1: here to try and take pictures of idiots.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, just call right. me back on, uh...
1: I'll call you back on your office line. Okay. Alright.
0: Alright, All right. All right,
1: bye. All
2: right,
0: bye. You could do that interview, like, by the pool, like, I'm Nick Thune, I'm here at the pool, doing the interview.
2: The problem is is they're constantly pumping the worst music ever.
0: Yeah, were there, like, dancers, or was it just that music playing? No, there were
2: dancers, (laughs) Um, and I actually went down on the purpose of just taking video and uh, interacting with them, but it was almost, like, too much to even try and take video of.
0: (laughs) Which, are you staying at one of the the super nice hotels, or one of the not-so-nice
2: I'm playing at the Palms tonight oh. and tomorrow. With, uh, do you know Natasha Leggero? Yeah. Yeah, Natasha and I are, are doing shows together at the Palms.
0: Yeah, she's been on the show. She was on the show way back Aunt in the Aunt day. free just broke loose. Hold on. <laughs> we're
2: fixing it. We've got it fixed. Okay, we're back on board.
0: Technical difficulties.
2: Technical difficulties with the. I just got an iPhone like two days ago, so I don't quite know how it works
0: yet. Oh, really? I, right, just Just two days ago? I feel like you yeah. would have been on the forefront of it.
2: I did. I, I had the first one, and then I, I honestly, I'm just going to tell you right now, I, I didn't like the fact that you couldn't copy and paste, uh. and that was enough for me not to use it anymore. So I gave it to my wife, and then she hated it, and like but know, now they have a new
0: one. I know they just added that, but I don't know. I still have like a regular. I still have a regular like LV two like no internet access kind of phone. But uh-huh. is copy and paste really like deal breaker? Yeah,
2: well, for me, because like I'm constantly like like when I'm on the road, for instance, I'll get emails like, uh, "Hey, what's your uh, what's your flight time and stuff, and what time are you landing for the driver?" And then I go in my email, and it's like really easy just to copy and paste it rather mm. than remembering it and sending it to him over text. Mm. Just stupid stuff like that. I mean, it's really worthless. But when you're traveling, those are like the easy things.
3: Yeah, oh, I see.
0: That makes that makes sense because I think we you were the person like who first told me you could twitter from your phone without like a a freaky like twitter application for your phone
1: yeah just through text i just set my dad up with that by the way
0: <laughs> yeah i i ever since i learned how to do that we had to seriously i had to expand my texting plan yeah a little bit crazy
2: <laughs> i just got my new texting plan and they were like do you want 200 or a thousand and I, I thought that's the like how do you go from that 200 to 1000? You think you would have increments all the way up?
0: Yeah, that's a pretty big jump. Yeah. I think we have I don't know, I had a thousand and I think actually I had to up it from that. It was pretty bad.
2: I'm pretty sure that they've been ripping us off for years now.
0: I probably, I mean, they were probably just trying to wait until it was more of a demand and now that people need it, there'll be plans of like 5000 and 10000. I know, just- because
2: everything's accessible via text now, but then if you have the, if that's the nice thing about the iPhone, though, is you just get an application that does everything.
0: Yeah, I, I've been, I don't know, that's my my next phone step, probably a phone that has the, the super nice applications, but my carrier doesn't, like, I don't know, I have Verizon, so they have the BlackBerry, but I don't know, I'm not sure if I'm feeling it.
1: Yeah,
2: I used, I've been a BlackBerry guy for a while just because it's the quickest, like you get emails the quickest and you can search emails very easily. Mm. And like, again, it's like a road thing when I'm traveling and it's like, I'm getting off a plane. I'm like, oh wait, who's picking me up and where am I going? It's easy to like just type in the city and get every email and then I find it Whereas. Again, with the iPhone, that's not necessarily an easy function.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like, it makes sense. Like, somebody like you or any other performer or like somebody who's constantly like on the road, like, it makes sense BlackBerry. But I've had so many experiences with like just friends who have the BlackBerry and are like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't be like, I'd be lost without it. Like, how would I know that my mom wanted to know if I wanted new pants? Like, I don't know. Like, there's that tinge to it still.
2: No, honestly, I would love to go back to no cell phone. I have friends that don't do cell phones anymore like it's kind of becoming a hip thing to just drop cell
3: phones
2: (laughs) and I think it's I kind of hope that's the way that like a whole not a generation goes but I would love to see a younger generation drop technology in that sense you know what I mean like not not because they want to because oh I they get you know how technology is in some ways ruining society and the way that you relate to people and I mean just look at Twitter it's like I run into my friend like if I run into Tim Heidecker, I know what he's been doing for the past month mm-hmm. because I follow him on Twitter. So it's like he's like, "Oh yeah, I was just in uh, Austin." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I, I <laughs> happened to read that on your Twitter like five days ago." Yeah, that's, how I I know, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I knew you were in Vegas about your Austin trip.
0: That's how I knew you were in Vegas because I like checked this morning. I was like, "I'm in Vegas." I was like, "Oh, I'm sure we'll do the interview by the pool then." And
3: I was right.
2: <laughs> Luckily, I'm in my nice room though, where I have a great. I actually have, like, the first time I've ever been in, because I hate Vegas. It's one of my least favorite places to come. Mm. It's just nonstop douchebag. Like, I mean, like, when you come into your, like, it's the best to to stay in a hotel where there's no casino attached, because that way when you come in at nighttime, you don't feel like there's still nightlife going.
0: Do do they actually have those? (laughs)
2: Yeah, they do, like the Four Seasons or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I did a – the only reason I know that is because I did a corporate gig for Nike and they put me into Four Seasons. And it was like heaven because you didn't have to deal with gamblers.
3: Yeah.
2: Or at least you're dealing with the high-end gamblers that don't need to sleep in the same building. Yeah. Yeah, How long have you lived in Orange County?
0: Oh, um, I think it's like three years now. I I go to school down here, so I – Oh, where do you go to school? Kind of stuck. At University of California, Irvine. It's like, oh, okay. it's, it's all right. UC Irvine, right? Yeah, UCI. Yeah,
2: so it's kind of by uh, the Irvine Improv.
0: Yeah, actually, I used to work there. <laughs> oh, you did? Funny story, yeah. I, I don't know if you performed there when I worked there, but yeah, I used to work there like a, a year or so ago. I, I'm
1: sure I did, but I.
2: There was like a time when I was like not there for a while. It's because it's one of those clubs where it's like if you're out of town and then you come back into LA, you don't want to drive down to Irvine for a set. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what, traveling. That's what I always like tell people. You know, because um, I have the comedy show here at the station. So it's always like, why don't you have people come down and like perform live on the show? Like nobody wants to come down to Irvine, especially not like Thursday midnight to two AM. Like that's not. Yeah,
2: and the mall is disgusting.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that was one thing that I very quickly learned was like it that club just people will come in from like wet seal or like cheesecake factory and be like let's see a show and then it it's it's horrible <laughs> some yeah, of the complaints there were bad. sometimes
2: when you go in there like i, I one time worked with kevin pollock you know kevin Pollack? yeah Wait, is this is it will this go on the interview if i say this
0: we can edit it out <laughs>
2: When I went I, I just kept working with Kevin Pollack, he was a really nice guy, but he's been doing the same act for I don't know how long with the mm. same impressions.
3: Yeah.
2: And, like, it's one, it's definitely one of those ones where afterwards people walk up to you and they're like, you should have been the headliner. Mm. And I think that people just get constantly tricked in Irvine by big names, and they go in and then those big – just because they're a big name doesn't mean that they're mi- being funny on stage anymore.
0: Yeah. You know? And there's some people that, like, um, some people that surprised me. Like, there were a lot of comedians, like, a ton of headliners like that. But um, one that actually surprised me was Kevin Nealon because he came in and our manager was, like, best friends with him. And usually if he was best friends with him, that meant that he was very bad. But the audience, like, totally loved him. And every night he had a different take on, you know, his same act. And so that was kind of... That's nice. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I even I, he even went to UCB a few times, which was
2: I think was he's to still me. relevant. I think he's still a relevant guy. I mean, even his Twitter is funny. I I, I didn't even know he's on Twitter, and then recently somebody posted something about him, so I went and looked at his page, and I thought it was funny.
0: He's still he's still doing. It. He's still trying. I mean, I think I got a bad impression of him from the uh, those like world's funniest commercials or whatever that that thing is he does like every year on yeah some channel. I don't know.
1: You ever watch Weeds?
0: I don't get Showtime, but I've watched uh, the first season on DVD.
2: He's the only redeemable thing in that show for me. This, I mean, I love the lead. I love uh, Louise, what's her name? Mary, or I don't know what her name is, but she's like incredible actress. She's yeah. really good, but the show, comedy-wise, he's the backbone of it.
0: Yeah. I, I. The first season, I don't think, has too much. Like they, He's in it, but he's not as much in it as I think he is in the later seasons. But I remember watching an episode with... Um, I think Bob Odenkirk was on it, and, like, that was my favorite thing, and then I was like, I have to watch more, and I haven't, so...
2: Oh, Odenkirk was on Weeps, I didn't know
0: that. I think he was in, the, in like, one of the first episodes. He does, like, these weird cameos that you, you know, he doesn't tell anybody about, but you find them one day, and you're like, yay.
2: Odenkirk, is, Odenkirk has been a huge, uh, like, nice guy to me, nice mentor.
0: Yeah. I He was the one who actually kind of inspired me to start this show. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was kind of cool. Like, um... When I first came down here, um, the first try I went to UCB was, like, his... They were doing, like, CDR movie, like, the first try. And it was... uh, Bob was showing a movie. And (laughs) I kind of... um, I went up to him. I was like, I want to talk to you. Like, you're a big influence on me. Can you do something for our show? And he's like, yeah, sure. And at one point, he, like, got up and left. And I thought he was leaving. And so I chased after him. And he was like, okay, here's my number. But I was just going to the bathroom. And (laughs) so... (laughs) He's been nice, that's funny. but it was a little bit rocky start.
2: <laughs> that's funny. No, he, he, he makes awkward situations, but that's where his comedy comes from. Yeah.
0: So, like, are you guys are you guys best buds?
2: Yeah, we're BFFs actually. Oh, me okay. and Bob.
0: Got a little no, he, uh, friendship
2: bracelet. He, he's one. Of, it, the random story with Bob is I was um, I'd met him a few times and he'd seen me perform and he thought he told me he thought I was funny. And he saw, he watched my short, one of my short film series and complimented me on it. And I just that was all I needed. And then one day I was on my way to an audition and I just get a random text message on my phone that says, Hey Nick, this is Bob Odenkirk. We should get coffee sometime and talk comedy. And I said, Okay, great. Whenever you want. And he goes, and then he wrote back, Where are you right now? And I said, Well, I'm on my way to an audition. And then he and then he wrote back where and I said where it was. And he goes, Okay, I'll be around the corner in forty five minutes. Come by after your audition. And I just went around the corner, and in a coffee shop was Bob Odenkirk, and we talked for like two hours.
3: Oh, that's so cool.
2: To me, it was kind of like the equivalent of getting a bachelor's degree. You know, I mean, he honestly, like so many things that, as a a young comedian, you know, you go through stages of like, oh, I'm the best, and then, oh, I'm not the best, and, oh, it's a huge marathon, and it's going to take me forever to get to the level of these other people. And then sometimes you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm already there. i got a half-hour special. You know, it's easy to get kind of in your head about it. Mm-hmm. And he was really, he kind of is the one who taught me, like, he said to me, if I'm, at all times I'm doing stand up and on top of stand up I'm either writing a TV show or cu- writing a movie. And if I'm not doing one of those, like all those things together, then I don't feel like I'm growing. Mm. And whether or not that TV show gets made or the movie gets made, I'm creating things and that's my job. And that to me was just like, because uh, I'm always so focused on like, I want to make stuff that works and you know that was just like you know you just got to make stuff and if it works it works if it doesn't you made something and the next one will be better, you know.
0: Yeah, Bob has he, Bob has like a magical influence on
2: people. It's crazy. He does. And his wife, his wife Naomi, um, who's a manager, a talent manager, manages some very talented people, is also a very sweet lady and very encouraging. In fact, in Montreal, she gave me earplugs because I had a cold
3: Aww. for the
2: plane ride to to help my ears. <laughs> That's how nice the Odenkirk family is. Aw.
0: I wish -hmm. I I knew them as close.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, I just know them from the – and then Bob Bob and David did a show in Chicago like a couple months ago, and they let me and John Mulaney perform on the show. And then the next day, they took me to – a. Bob and David took me to a Chicago Cubs game, which was just like unbelievable. I got to go on the field and watch George Lopez throw the first pitch.
0: (laughs) What an amazing interview. Oh, hey! I'm DJ Intern Sam from Naked Comedy. I hope you're enjoying this podcast, and we'll get back to the interview very soon. But you may be thinking to yourself, I realize I am a fan of music and other artistic endeavors outside of comedy. I wonder if KUCI offers anything that I would enjoy besides comedy. Well, we... (laughs) If you go to KUCI.org, not only will you find our entire schedule where you can see what kind of music we're playing at all times of the day, 24-7, but you can also find cool things like articles on new CDs that we have in our stacks, um, spotlights on DJs, video clips from our live shows, and much, much more. So just check out KUCI.org and you'll be there for hours. I thank you for listening to my spiel, and I will return you now to this hilarious podcast already in progress. Thanks.
2: Hold on. Room service is coming in.
1: <laughs> hey, how you doing, sir?
2: I'm just doing an interview for a major network television show on the phone. Yeah, come on in. Okay. Is this the... Case- oh, the KCD is under there. Okay. Sorry. Room- I got I got a room service coming. <laughs> Keep this in the interview because this is gold.
0: I will. There's no way I'm cutting this.
2: I'm just gonna. I'm gonna tip him. Is it three hundred dollar tip okay, sir? I'm
3: sorry.
2: Okay, perfect. It, 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 it's, uh,
3: it's, already it's already in the room. Yeah.
2: All right. It, 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 sign it. Let me sign you on the autograph. Yeah. Okay. And who should I sign this to? Oh, uh, for
3: this
2: room. Okay, for the room. Okay, the room. great. Thirty-two-two-five. Perfect. All right, take care of yourself. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's a chicken quesadilla.
0: That's uh, going to be the major part of this interview. <laughs> yeah. This interview that room. hasn't even like, really, I don't know, how much of this interview has actually been about you?
2: You know, well, I mean, I'm willing to go about me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Uh, he was very weirded out by this whole thing. <laughs> Um, but no, inter, inter, hit me. What do you got?
3: Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I'm throwing off my game. Now, now it's all jumbled up, but <laughs> let's just keep, let's just keep talking about whatever. How's your chicken quesadilla? How, how's my, uh, how's
2: my, what? My, how's... my quesadilla looks good. I just took the top off. It looks like it's going to be really good. It
3: looks amazing.
2: Um, they've got some pico de gallo on the side. Looks like on another plate they've got some French fries with, a quesadilla, French fry combo doesn't seem to be the most ideal.
0: It's like a California burger.
2: Yeah, or it really
0: burrito, is. or whatever they're called.
2: Quesadillas are very safe orders for me. I like cheese and chicken and, and quesadilla. That's I'm a very picky eater.
0: Uh, I was gonna say what? when
2: I was when I was seven years old, I had an eating disorder, <laughs> and it was it wasn't because I thought like about my weight or anything. I was just very picky about food and some of my parents called it an eating disorder and they took me to a food psychologist and uh it, it came to a point to where I, if i didn't eat my dinner i had to eat it for breakfast but if i did eat my dinner then i got a toy
0: oh like yeah, a happy a- meal like a home happy meal
2: well, when one time my mom took me to a Happy Meal and, uh, because there was, like, a really cool prize that I wanted. But I hated everything except peanut butter and yogurt. So, like, I had to eat Chicken McNuggets to get this watch. Mm. And I ate the whole thing and then literally threw it up on the table and on my mom's pregnant stomach <laughs> across the table from me. And she wouldn't let me keep the watch because I threw it up.
0: Oh, uh, that's harsh. Yeah. Well, would you? Okay. I
2: think that's where my comedy came from.
0: It's weird because I have a few other friends that, I mean, I, I would quantify you as a hipster of sorts. Is is that an okay? an okay?
2: Yeah, you know, my wife told me that I was a hipster the other day, and I, <laughs> I got offended at first, and I thought about it more. I was like, oh, okay, I mean, whatever. A hipster is a hipster. Well, because I've Some noticed that. Cool. But oh, there's, like, the yeah. douche hipsters.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, no, just because I have a few friends that are hipsters, and they also have weird eating Disorders like that. Like, I have a friend who won't eat bananas because he says they're the most disgusting texture in the world.
2: Oh, I love bananas.
0: Okay. Maybe it's not interesting. My biggest
2: problem is with mayonnaise.
0: Ooh.
2: Mayonnaise and mustard.
0: Like, together?
2: Just doesn't matter. White sauces and yellow sauces I cannot eat.
0: I guess I can... Is it just the, the color?
2: It's the color for sure. I've never tried either of them. I've also never tried eggs.
0: Oh, because they're white and yellow?
2: Yeah. I've never had like uh, scrambled eggs or any, I mean, I've had like pancakes or cake, you know, stuff made with eggs, but I have never just had like an omelet or something.
0: That's so weird. I don't know. Eggs are like the, my one comfort food. Like if I'm sick or like, you know, when you're, when you haven't eaten for days, cause you don't feel well, like I'll eat an egg. Like that's the one thing that I'll eat. That's so weird. I know.
2: That's what everybody else does. I'm, but I feel like one day the huevos rancheros are going to be what I'm going to try.
0: I would try um, eggs with chorizo. I think you would like it.
2: That's I don't know best. how,
0: I don't know how I'm making this judgment, but I think you, I think you would like it.
2: Okay. It's a good I, I like chorizo. people have told me that it's good and I've watched people eat it.
0: Will you not eat it as well?
2: I've just never tried it. Oh,
0: you need to taste stuff.
2: It's weird, but like I, I eat like really weird things, you know, like I've, I've been in the Philippines, and I've been in Africa, like in Kenya, and like places where you just don't have a choice to eat. You just have to eat what they have.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I've eaten like cow tongue and crazy, crazy uh, fermented chicken egg, like weird stuff.
0: Oh, the so like I guess that
2: is the one egg, but it's a live chick. It's literally a chicken baby in the egg that you eat. I
0: thought eat. it was a duck. Or maybe duck. it was a chicken.
2: Maybe it's duck. I don't know, but it's, it's in, the, where it's you in can... the Philippines, and it's like a... But look. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, a I,
2: duck. Ha-
0: I. think no. I think you're right. It's a chicken. I don't know. I had to eat it once on a dare, and I, like it wouldn't have been as bad, except that like you can feel the beak and the little eyeballs. And yes,
2: you can feel everything. But and the way they want to do it too is they want they want you to crack the top and drink the juices on the inside, oh. and then eat the rest of it. And I I mean I threw up afterwards, and I did it to be polite. I, I ate it to be polite for this Filipino family, but I mean honestly it was. Like, One of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my
0: life. I mean the, it's not like it tastes super disgusting. It's not like you're eating it and like it tastes like you know garbage or something like that. but and that, that's what happened to me too is like the, the method of eating it was like mm-hmm. just something about it was really disgusting. like the juices and like the, the act of doing smell. it. Yeah, it was just ugh. and it's like a purple I think, egg.
2: I think smell is what when I was younger, what drove me away from food is it, if something didn't smell good. I have this philosophy that smell is 75% of taste. Mm. So I wouldn't eat stuff that I didn't like the smell of. Mm. Yeah. I'm growing. I'm growing.
0: Trying new things. Mm-hmm.
2: Exploring.
0: Mm-hmm. What about, like, the the classic things like, uh, like, like uh, sushi and stuff?
2: Oh, I love... That's the thing is that when I take people out to sushi, they're kind of blown away with the stuff that I eat because I will almost eat anything at a sushi restaurant. <laughs> any raw fish, any... Any sort of – but I don't like um, – what's the one thing I don't like? I don't like it when they put – I love cream cheese, but I don't love it when they – I don't like cream cheese and sushi. It mm, doesn't yeah. taste right to me. I like cream cheese in almost anything. Like Eggo waffles with cream cheese, incredible.
0: I've never tried that. I I, I just can't stand the – when they make, like, the mayonnaise sauce, like, it, like and they put it on oh. top of the sushi, like, something about –
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, like that. That, those are the ones I don't eat either, anything with mayonnaise in it.
0: Yeah, and, like, they'll sneak it in, too. It'll look like just, like, a normal sauce, and then, I don't know, like, it, it always happens to me, like, like, it'll be covered in, like, the fish eggs, so you won't even see anything, and you taste it, and it it feels like somebody put, like, a weird, rotten pad of butter on your sushi, and it, uh, so many Tell me
2: how do you like Unagi.
0: I love unagi. I, it is the best. It's it like the
2: dessert of
3: sushi. It
0: is so good, but you can't cook it at home, like or I can't, like, cause I'm at the Asian markets all the time, and they'll always have the sale on the roasted unagi. But I just it like I don't know what magic happens that turns the frozen like strips into what's in the bowl, but I can't mm-hmm. do it, and it makes me sad.
2: Yeah, it's so weird, and they put a sauce on it that's not like any other sauce. It's I don't know if it's a teriyaki type sauce or what, but they they definitely put a different sauce on top of the unagi rolls than anything else.
0: It's definitely a you know, special. Have thing.
2: you ever tried baby yellowtail?
0: Uh, is it different than normal yellowtail?
2: Yeah. Then no. It's. I mean, it. I mean, it's like you know, kind of the same taste, but it's just more pure. Uh. It's cleaner. It's baby yellowtail. It's like, it's like a delicacy. It's more expensive.
0: The only and I've like, only
2: tried it twice.
0: The only special version I've tried is the like fatty tuna. Like, that's the only. special Oh yeah, version. fatty
2: tuna is good. It's good, I and that's kind of like that. It's like when you eat it, it, it just melts in your mouth. Because I like the sushimi stuff, you know, get a whole bunch of sushimi and just eat the raw fish.
0: Yeah, it's it's. Def- I don't know. I if you are ever performing in um, in Reno or, or Tahoe area, um, mm-hmm. the Harvey's Casino, I think like on Thursdays they have a a buffet that's a seafood buffet. But what's awesome about it is that they will have plates of sashimi of like really good sashimi, and like I remember I went one there one day and I just had like a plate of like salmon sashimi and I was done like that was it.
2: Albacore sashimi is my favorite. You uh, get like this like the seared sliced up albacore sashimi. I
0: it tastes like I don't know that one. I, it tastes a little bit too much like I can taste the canned tuna, like whenever mm. they sear it or cook tuna. It starts to taste like canned tuna for me.
2: I've never that's another fear. I've never eaten canned tuna in my life. And Mm. the weird thing is, is that my last name, in where it's pronounced in Norway because I'm Norwegian, my last name is pronounced tuna, (laughs) which is just so sad to me because I really hate tuna so much until I got older and tried sushi.
0: Mm. Well, I would. I canned tuna is not anything. It's it's not anything like, and especially because the only way you can really eat it, it's like you need mayonnaise or mustard, like those two sauces specifically, you need mm-hmm. to make it, to me at least, like tasty. So, it's probably best. Yeah.
3: You have no.
2: I agree. It. I agree. There needs there's something, but I don't. I wouldn't be able to eat either of those sauces. But it. Need, but I would probably go with it. I would have to dip it into my wasabi soy soy bowl. It's canned tuna. Um, oh wait, no, canned tuna. No, <laughs> maybe that would be good though. Maybe a little wasabi, some soy sauce, and canned tuna. That could make it good.
0: Maybe, maybe your fear of foods can lead you to create new foods. Like after comedy, you become like a crazy chef. Let's combine these.
2: It's true. It's Although I'm a terrible cook.
0: Mm. Maybe of okay. just pre cooked foods. That you I'm mix really together. good at bagel
2: at, at pizza bagels.
0: Pizza bagels. That's always, Yeah, those
2: are one of my favorite dishes.
0: It's definitely a growing market. There could be a lot more done with the pizza bagel.
2: And I, I don't want to – I have about eight more minutes before I heard <laughs> seven. But I can call you back, though, if it hasn't been long enough. I just have to do this one, like, 15-minute phone call. Oh, one.
0: no, no, no. It's, it's definitely long enough, but maybe we should end the interview with a little bit about what you're doing.
2: Okay. okay. Comedy-wise. Yeah.
0: So um, what, what are you doing in Vegas?
2: Well, I'm in Vegas. I'm performing at the Palm. Uh, which isn't that exciting. It's just t- like kind of like a tour stop. and I'm t- I've been touring with Natasha Legero, which is nice. We have fun together.
0: Oh cool. Like in a like a real tour or like a occasional Not, tour. I mean,
2: I wouldn't know if it's a real tour, but people just people just keep booking us together. Cool. So and we can... like it because we're friends and we're like my wife is friends with her and it's just like a nice combo. We have a good time together.
0: Very cool. I can see and I can see your our
2: audiences works. are very similar.
0: Yeah, I can see you guys going together. It would work. Be yeah, cool.
2: not, and I like working with a female comedian because I think like not I think I think women are hilarious and I think there's a ton of female comedians that are hilarious, but I think there's like this kind of stupid thing out there where comedy can be so male driven and you go to a comedy club and there's three guys back to back and there's rarely girls on shows, especially when you're on the road. Unless the girl's the headliner. Mm. And uh, I love the fact I mean, following Natasha, it's like it's just so different you know you get a girl's perspective and then a guy's perspective it's like perfect for the audience i think it's the best mix
0: i think it's i think it's definitely good and then like you guys are pretty like separate but equal in way because like your acts are totally different but they do they do mesh well together
2: it's yeah good. It's i think good. so too and i love watching her i watch her every set because she's she comes up with new stuff and she says stuff like babies or duis from the universe and and just things that make me laugh.
0: <laughs> well, were there were there many girls at the? You did a bunch of festivals this summer. Were there? I don't I don't remember seeing like too many girls on the, the comedy rosters.
2: No, Natasha was at Sasquatch. Amy Schumer was in in um, Bonnaroo and and uh, Janine. But that's really it. I mean, it's I think it's really hard right now to be a girl comedian.
0: Mm. I don't know. Maybe.
2: Maybe it's been really hard all the time. But, I mean, like yeah. Whitney Cummings is doing really well. She just did the roast, and she's been on Chelsea lately. You know, I mean, there are girl comedians doing really well right now. But I think, like right now, it it um, it's just guy heavy. It's always been guy heavy. Yeah, I'm sure. That's going to change though, because more girls are getting better voices. You know.
3: Yeah,
0: I'm hoping so. I mean, it's it's occasionally somebody will be like, "Hey, it's great you're doing this." Like a girl finding comedians and. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the, the girl comedians and, like, people in comedy that you see going out there, like, don't really think about it. Like, they just do it. Like, I, I'm sure... I don't know. I'm not... I would say Natasha doesn't, like... She just does it. And if you don't like it, yeah. then you don't like it.
2: Yeah, no, she does her act, whether it works or not. And, and she, her personality, because she, she comes from Rockport, you know, Michigan, so her personality of being from, like you know like, New England money and kind of making fun of the lifestyle that she grew up in.
3: Yeah. But
2: then she also has a way of smiling and letting people know I'm an idiot too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I do stupid stuff too. It's and
3: not And When serious. I first
2: met her, you know, I didn't ever see that side in her cause I would just see short sets. But when I see her on the road and her act kind of changing a little bit to where she's, you know, having more fun with herself and mine, that's the same way mine's going too. It's like, when I first started, you know, like you go up and down and you think you're great and you think you suck. And sometimes it's easy to get this persona on stage where you feel like you're this really cool person, you know, because people are coming to see you. But really what I've found after kind of going through that embalming, doing that stuff and like being unhappy with myself is I like so much more deprecating myself and making myself below all the people in there because it makes, not only does it bring the audience on your side, but it's true. I am not a cool person. I mean, mm-hmm. if you were to follow me around, I do the stupidest stuff all the time. I mean, it's embarrassing sometimes the things I say to people.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, like, going up on stage and trying to act all cool, like I just think of cool things all the time. It's not the case. Most of the stuff that I think of is very dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I definitely- even, like, people always ask me to come out and talk afterwards, after my shows, like the, the club staff. and And I just say, you know, I'd rather not because... And it's not because I don't like my fans, which I don't have have a million fans, but if somebody is like, I really want a picture with Nick, I'll go out. But in general, I don't want to ruin their perception of me because I'm definitely not as smart as they think I am. (laughs) You know, so like if I get into conversation with somebody at some point, they're going to realize, oh, this guy is just stupid.
0: (laughs) They're going to realize, oh, he like wrote everything for the stage. That's
2: not him. Yeah. But I also don't want to have some character that's not like me on stage, you know. Yeah. Because then you have to kind of follow that. and uh, it's When you look in the past at comedians that have been successful, especially from comedy to movies, they've created a persona. And it's not a persona that, that is much different than them, but it takes the parts of their persona, like the nibs, the parts that get laughs, and they just embellish them a little bit. And then they keep the, the deprecating side and the side that they're not that important in there. But in the end, like the character that you can take to movies and TV is a guy that's relatable and likable to everybody. And uh, that's been my biggest goal lately is not to, like, I don't want to, like, roll over and not do what I do just to be liked by the audience. But I think it's important to be liked by the audience and, you know, to, especially, like, you know, older people, to have them not think, oh, who's this cocky guy, but rather he's cocky, but it's a, it's a self-importance in a way that is he's obviously not important. Yeah. Know? I mean, and I... That's what, that's what drew me to Steve Martin and, like, Martin Mole, who are, I think, my biggest influences, is they just always sounded important, no matter this, how stupid of the stuff that they were saying. Yeah. They just sounded important, and that's what made me laugh.
3: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's what, that's one of the things that I really liked about, like, the web series you did, the, the latest one, the Nick's Big Show, is, like, it did have, like, I can see those influences coming in, because it was, like, this guy who's kind of, like, you know, just a normal guy, but he's, like just very self-important very like everything is how you know has to be perfect has to be perfect or everything's gonna be ruined like that i I really like the character that you made for that and it was kind of just like
2: well thank you you but more <laughs> it's nice I might I might be able making that into a TV show right now where with Fox we, we've got some meetings and we're, we're gonna go take it to a network Hello? Sorry, I think I might have pressed a button.
0: Oh, it's cool. It's the iPhone. I, yeah,
2: the, uh, the old iPhone. But yeah, that, that yeah. character, um, like when I'm talking about Steve Martin, I feel like that's kind of like this character that I've, I'm starting to want to develop more and kind of get better at. You know, because like, if you watch Danny McBride, he's got such a great character, especially in Eastbound and Down. Yeah. And Andy Daly and people that I really admire right now that are young and being successful. Um. And I was just meeting with Fox, and they, they really liked that character, too, and they wanted to take him and put him, like, as a small-town sheriff. <laughs> and, um, like, this guy that just thinks he knows everything and, and, uh, and is in a really crappy small town where he's not important at all, but he thinks he's really important.
0: Well, I, I love your stand-up, but I would definitely be excited to see you do more character-based stuff, because I think you could do it well.
2: Well, thank you. That's what I would like to do. I mean, I'd I, I like to do stand-up forever, but for me, I have the most fun when I'm making something, you know, like making that, making Nick Nick's big show was the highlight of my career so far because it was in, it was like a gorilla thing. I mean, my director canceled on me a week beforehand. I had to get new yes. directors and comedy central didn't give me money in time. So I had I had to take the money out of my own pocket and like, you know, it was just like this crazy thing. But in the end, I was so happy. I was so proud of something to make something, you know, it feels so good to create something that you just thought of.
0: Well, it's a good time to, like, try to do it. There's so many shows that are coming out now that are really, like, driven by this one, you know, kind of, like, stand-up persona, so I wish mm-hmm. you luck with it.
2: Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I hope it goes further. And and I also get to kind of take that character right now, and uh, I'm doing these correspondent pieces on the new Leno show. Mm. So, which, who knows how that's going to turn out, but the, uh, I get to do, like, they're not even writing them for me. I just get to write my own pieces and almost do them in my stand-up sort of style persona um, and deliver them during the show, kind of like a daily show sort of correspondence. Mm. So that'll be fun. Yay, well. And and also really cool people are doing that, like Andy Daly's doing one and Marilyn Rice Cub and people that I think are really fun are doing them, which, which just made me even more excited about doing it.
0: Very cool. Well, I will keep on – I'll keep reading your Twitters. To find out more about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, and thanks for thanks for doing the interview. I appreciate it. No
0: problem. I had fun too. I hope, I'll, I hope you enjoyed talking about sushi and food for most of it.
2: I will. I will. I do. It, I think uh, it's, it's. I think it's link. a
0: good. It's a good picture of you.
2: Singing. Yeah, to let people know who the the real Nick
0: in. The real Nick Thune. That, that's going to be the, the angle. We'll push it. We'll push it far. <laughs>
2: Perfect.
0: All right, cool. All right, have, All right. Have fun in Vegas.
2: I will. Have fun in Orange, orange Counties. <laughs> Thanks. All, All right.
0: right. Bye. Bye. Well, that's the show for this week. I want to thank DJ Doug Pound for my awesome show theme. He's amazing and made that from the genius of his brain. You can check out more of his genius brain um, products at Doug Pound d o g g p o u n d dot com. Thanks again for downloading the podcast, and please tune into the full show on Thursday mornings or Wednesday night, however you want to think about it. Um, at from twelve a.m. to two a.m. on KUCI dot um, There's a lot to the show that we can't put on the podcast, like comedy albums, clips from TV shows, awesome, amazing surprise call-in guests, um, and so much more that is still pretty awesome, so check it out, um, do a stream record, um, Boycott TiVo until they allow you to record the FM waves along with your TV as well. Whatever you need to do. Naked Comedy, Thursday mornings, Wednesday nights, 12 a.m. to 2 a.m. on KUCI.org. Until then, I'm, um, uh, gonna you see, I the coach coach, the cooch, coach, hey, you see, I the coach coach, the coach, coach, you see, I
3: the coach. Naked come